Welcome to Wish Upon a Star. This is Andel Banks, your host. Wish Upon a Star is a dynamic radio program spotlighting talent in the arts arena with discussions of the challenges and some advice in making it in the visual, musical, literary, painting, and performing arts. As a unique part of our show, we will interview professional guests, experts in the fields of entertainment law, copywriting, studio recording, publishing, and promoters, all relative to this highly competitive industry. Today, our topic is music. When we speak of music, the first thought that comes to mind is that music is a universal communicator. When the human voice cannot speak the language, music steps in. Similar to the human voice, music can stir emotions of love, joy, sorrow, memories, and the feeling to sing and dance. During the 20th century, that's prior to the inventions of mass market, gramophone records, developed in 1892, and commercial radio, arriving on the scene in the 1920s, there was a vast increase in the variety of music that people had access to. Some music was still too expensive for some groups of people. However, with the piano, there was the ability for people to perform music and sing songs on an amateur basis at home using sheet music. These skills required the ability to sing, play, and read music, which tended to be also limited to the upper class. The music types were usually limited to classical, Renaissance, Baroque, and Romantic. But with great fanfare in later 20th and in the 21st century, the dramatic innovations in musical forms expanded to include experimental music, contemporary classical, electronic, folk, bluegrass, opera, blues, jazz, new age, polka, rock and roll, alternative rock, progressive rock, punk rock, salsa, and world music. Our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Fields, a composer, arranger, singer, piano instrumentalist, producer, and CD release recordings. He has engulfed himself into this music world with an unwavering passion. In his biography, he states, and I quote, I always had a desire and passion for music. In eighth grade, I wanted to play an instrument. I took the sound identification test and failed it. I was told that I did not have an ear for music and that I could not play an instrument. I have a very musical family. In fact, we had a piano and accordion at my house. 
My mother and grandmother both played piano, as well as other family members, playing a wide variety of instruments. I took the accordion and started playing it at the age of 12. I would often try to play songs on the radio with the accordion. At 13, I set the accordion down, along with music, to pursue a variety of sports and professional baseball. In May of 1995, I decided that I wanted to learn to play music again. So I purchased a keyboard for $500. It took a year to purchase the keyboard because I really did not consider myself to be a musician yet. I was making little tunes instantly. Then these tunes progressed into songs. I am self-taught as a piano player, composer, arranger, singer, and producer. However, I do get current instructions from various musicians, such as Larry McCoy, Dr. Bruce Marshall, Mr. Ed Johnson, and many others who offered support. I presently have music on the Internet at cdbaby.com forward slash Breezewood. End of quote. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do not want to outline the entire broadcast in just the bio. It is impressive and commendable. So we will say, welcome to the show, Mr. Fields. Oh, wow. Thanks a lot. That was a great introduction. You know, I mean, thinking back um, those years uh, of, of just starting to play music and then really diving into wanting to play music, I, the passion for music has been so great. I, You know, I often talk about music and say, you know, um, if I didn't have to make money at music, I would still play it. And I think that that's a real important key about life. We, we all want to aspire to make you know money and, and do wonderful things, but I think when there's love involved in what you do, it can never go mm. wrong. You're absolutely right. We're going to get to that more extensively, but I just want to throw in something so that people will know that when we set a goal sometimes, we have to do detours until we reach our passion. In your bio, as I partly read, you speak of the first endeavor of entering sports. How many sports did you play in high school? Uh, I did play three sports in high school. Uh, played football, baseball, and basketball uh, my 10th grade year, and played baseball and football my 11th and 12th grade year in high school. Okay, great. As you also mentioned, your college year sports were still in the plan. How many sports did you play in college? Well, I did end up playing three sports in college as well. Uh, I played uh, baseball, I ran track, and I swam. Uh, one one other note on the sports side of this was that you know in high school uh, I'm not a very tall guy. I'm about five foot seven, and weighed back then I weighed about 155 pounds. Boy, I wish I could get that now, but uh, <laughs> I was not a very tall guy. And you know I played football at a school here in well in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, it was one of the top schools in the country for engineering. And um, I can say this, you know, in the story about David and Goliath, you know we. David had to, to slay the, the, the giant Goliath, and 
it doesn't matter, you know, how tall you are or what you have or how old you are. If you have ability or have a, a need or, or yearning to want to do something, and I must add that God has been a big part of all of this. You just ask God for it, and you, and, and you can work it out. But you have to believe it, and you have to work at it. I'm glad you mentioned that. I hope you, and I know you will be mentioning it again, so that our audience will know where these types of things really come from and where you get that background. Speaking of, you don't have to be a certain height. Isn't there a young man who's only four feet to play great basketball as well? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yes. Uh, he was actually about five foot three, uh, and yeah. I did play against him in high school um, as, as Muggsy Bogues. And, uh, boy, I tell you, he was one of the toughest guys I've ever had to play against in, in, in any sport <laughs> because that guy could run up and down the court probably uh, backwards with, you know, with a lot of guys that couldn't, couldn't keep up with him. So uh, it has nothing to do, you know, life has nothing to do with your size. It has a lot to do with your heart. Exactly. Okay, to wrap this up, Infusing These Sport Plans, Willie, was an exciting event in 2015. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Um, so, you know, I was on the trail to pursuing professional baseball. Um, and out of high school, just go back a little bit, I, I was voted in the top 10% athletes in the entire country. Uh, recruited to go to Navy to play baseball. I uh, had no idea that I really wanted to go into the military. Um, and uh, I transferred three different colleges. I started off college in West Virginia, University of Charleston, and uh, played baseball there. And for you guys know about averages. I hit 365 as a freshman. I uh, stayed there uh, part of my sophomore year and uh, had the, uh, the Olympic tryouts were in West Virginia down in Charleston, and I was rated the number five guy at the Olympic trials in Charleston. Uh, transferred back to Baltimore at a community college um, for my sophomore year, the latter part of my sophomore year, and finished up two years at Coppin State University. Uh, where I went to the Hall of Fame. So I played two years at that university uh, with the records that I set in college. I was able to go to the Hall of Fame after about 22 years or so. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, so it made you a well-rounded person, too, I would suppose. Oh, yes. <laughs> because, you, yeah, yeah. Even having to do that, that makes you be, I would just say, an interest in other things just as well. But then we know that you had been in the military, and I personally want to say thank you. Your military service to our country is commendable and appreciated, Willie. Thank you. Thank you. Where yes. did you play music uh, in, in your travels while you were in the military? Uh, I did actually play uh, in Germany. I uh, played in France. I was in a place called Kaiserslautern in Germany, and uh, okay. I played there and also played in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, and I played in Paris, France. In fact, I'd met uh, some folks. I was working part-time at a music store here in um, Baltimore, and I met some, some a band that came in. It was actually a three-piece band, and um, I found out that they lived in Paris. So, you know, we exchanged numbers, and I said, well, you know, when I get to Germany, I'll look you guys up, and I'll come over to, you know, Paris and, and um, come to your nightclub. So at the end of the evening, I got a chance to play piano, at their nightclub, and these these folks had also come to America to play at the White House. So uh, oh. I don't know if they're still doing the tour, but every year they would come to America and play at the White House and, and make a tour all the way out to San Francisco. 
wow, that's a quite an experience. Yes. Since we're yes. entering the realm of music now, and I would say your passion realm, <laughs> at what age did you start to pursue music? You know, lots of times we say, well, I know I wanted to be this, and I wanted to be that, and then I ended up something else. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. Well, music is going to be my very... thing. Bell, interesting bell curve of life with, with music. And um, yeah. my grandmother was one of my first major influences in music. Uh, again, I spoke with, about her earlier. Um, she had several kids and did not go out and perform uh, in live places very much. So she would uh, she would do a performance. It was just pretty amazing. She would, uh, you know, back then the pearl necklace was a big deal. You know, this is in the 60s. And um, she would put on a pearl necklace and put on her a very nice dress and, and a lipstick and come down into a concert. So as a little kid, I would, she would allow me to sit next to her. And of course I couldn't touch the piano while she played, but, um, <laughs> she was probably my first major influence, uh, of music, uh, and me finding my first love. I thought it was sports, but as life showed me, it wasn't sports. It was music. It was piano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. To, Really touch further on that. Let's say you've grown up a little more now. You're, you're, you're like a teenager or going into young manhood. There are people we admire and emulate as we grow up in our passion, like in my art. There were people that I loved and I knew art was going to be my career passion. Who most yes. influenced you in playing music besides your grandmother, if there is any other person? My, my mom, you know, and my dad also influenced me. Um, it's kind of interesting as, as we talk about this in, in that um, I looked at myself as my biggest influence. You know, I never wanted to really be like anyone else. Of course, you could always learn techniques and, and um, various other things from other folks. But I always looked at myself and prayed, God, make me the greatest I could be. And yeah. I can honestly say that um, I'm still working on that. That's a that's a piece of of clay that's still constantly being molded uh, in life. It's not just music; it's life. It's a life thing. Oh, absolutely! You learn something new every day, and and based on what you were saying, the creation you want it to be yours. You don't want it to actually, you know, copy somebody. I think Yanni, when I listened to one of his particular interviews, he said he doesn't even listen to other people's music. He yes. wants that <laughs> creation to come from inside of him. Yes. And not yes. be an influence of other people. Yes. Again, you will know also, just like I knew I wanted oils. After I did all the other types of media and painting, I knew I wanted to do oil. You would know yes. your choice also of instrument when you feel comfortable with it. What instrument yes. did you first feel comfortable playing? The piano. The piano is the first instrument. Um, and it is, like I said, it has been an, an incredible journey of just, being able to sit at the piano and create something from nothing. I think that, to me, is one of the greatest feelings that, you know, of course, me, uh, that I could achieve. But uh, not copying anyone, uh, but also just being able to reach back on my own experiences and, and, and figure out a way to bring something forward. I, there's this part of my uh, motto in, in, in my company is that out of darkness came sound. And um, I think that that's a really strong statement that, because there's nothing there. But we also have influences of things that, that happen in our life that help us to also bring out sound or 
or music. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. Because um, I always think when you walk around the city, you see so many things that you either want to make music off or you want to paint. So as yes. you mentioned, the vast variety of music runs the gamut nowadays. What type of music yes. most influenced you in your younger years or even now? Well, as I, as I remember, I always tried to remember how my grandmother played. Uh, gospel music certainly influenced me quite a bit, and rock music. And I, I think about my, bro- my brother, uh, who was no longer with us. Back in the 70s, he uh, introduced me to rock music. His name is Alan Randall. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I heard of names like Edgar Winter and, and um, Jimi Hendrix. And he, you know, he was about 19 at the time, and uh, he would play these records. And, and I would often, you know, listen to these records with him, but he wouldn't let me be in the room. I would hear it outside the door kind of thing. And uh, so rock music was probably one of my first major influences, and my brother Alan was the one who actually influenced me with the music. Oh, great. I just dropped the telephone. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Gospel, rock, and Sunday. So you picked that up. Did someone also yeah. introduce you to the different drums of the music based on what you were just saying, the gospel and the rock? Yes. Did you hear somebody play it and say, yeah, I like that. You know, sometimes yeah. you can say, well, I think I might like it, but you want to hear somebody else play it. Yeah. The different yeah. genres. Well, you- well, you know, I, I tell you, I, I think that uh, our brothers and sisters and, and aunts and uncles and then mom and dad and grandmom and grandpa, you know, they are they themselves are influences because you you look at these folks as good people and um, you look up to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you would say, say, well, you know, I know they wouldn't leave me wrong. So if they like rock music, I'm going to like rock music, too. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So those were some certainly some great influences. Right, and a lot of that music people are emulating now because they know it was good, good music, you know. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go ahead, and we're going to take a little break, get a drink of water, and we'll be back in one, two, three, that's ten seconds, okay? Right. Let's get loose. This trick. Yeah. That, that, that. What up, y'all? I just came yeah. to your city to say what's up. What up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Show me love. Show me love. Hi. Uh, hop off the plane to a new show what up? And all the shorties, they be waiting on me Thugs packing they pistols <laughs> But ain't nobody aiming on me, Not me. Got a pocket full of fresh dough So you know I got a baby, homie We are broadcasting on www.bbsradio.com Station 2 You can also listen to our previous broadcast In the archive link on the website we welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Again, any comments or suggestions for future programs, give us an email at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Also, listen for us on iTunes, get us on Facebook, and we are now in syndication. We want to welcome back our guest today, Mr. Willie Fields, composer, arranger, singer, piano instrumentalist, producer, and release of CD recordings. To continue, Willie, 
The 20th century also gave us technology with numerous software programs for the musically inclined. Who influenced you to use a computer to compose your music? Well, you know, like I said, I had several music, and I do still have several uh, musical folks in my family. My cousin, Anthony Randall, um, he was a musician probably about 25 years ago. He still is a musician, but he chose another profession. And he introduced me to a computer program called Cakewalk. And this is uh, probably about, I don't know, it's about 20 years ago. And he introduced me that, to that program, and I was able to uh, make the band or create the whole band by computer, and I used the keyboard to do it with. So um, certainly a great thanks to him of me uh, learning that software. The funny part about it was that when he showed me that to use the software, um, I would often call him up and say, hey, this is not working right. How could I do this? So he, he stopped answering the phone. He said, you're going to have to learn this yourself, and I did. And I know he's just pretty much busy not to be able to help me to a certain point. And I think that that's it's really important to say that, you know, uh, we all have these passions and, and want to do great things in life. Um, and at some point, we have to move by faith. Absolutely. And let that work us out for us, yes. Well, you know, nothing is greater than to have your creation enjoyed by the masses. What was yes. the name of your first CD release? My first CD uh, was called The Heart of Stone, um, and it was a pop CD. Um, to go back on that CD a little bit, to talk about it, um, initially I was going to do a jazz CD, and um, the person I had to play the saxophone for me, um, we had studio time two weeks before we were supposed to go to uh, record the music. He says, I'm not playing anymore. And I had already written other music, um, uh, such as pop music. So I changed up the whole uh, CD and went to a pop CD other than the jazz CD. And, and I, it, of course, made me think about life in that if there's something that you want to do, that you never have to wait for anyone. You should never wait for them because oh. you never know what may happen. And you may not get whatever it is that you need to do out. So... I, I, like I said, I rely heavily on God and believing in myself and saying, you know what, if I can't do this uh, by myself, I'll ask for help. Oh, absolutely. And, and I put that CD out. Yes, and I put that CD out, and I played all the parts and wrote all the lyrics. And that you can find that CD on uh, CD Baby, which you mentioned earlier, uh, under the name Breezewood. So I created different artist names as well because... Oftentimes, people would not believe that I actually played all the parts. So uh, in order to kind of make it easier for folks, I would say, well, this band created this. I just happened to be playing in the band, but it was actually just me. Well, don't be ashamed. Just do that. And what I want you to do now, I don't want to read it myself. I don't know if you have your biography in front of you, but I want you to give people just a beautiful taste that was supposed to be playing your music while we're doing the show, but I guess somehow or another that communication got crossed. So let's tell the audience the CD that you have released, and then we're going to go into how can you just go about making this. I've listened to your uh, CD. I have your CDs, and they're beautiful. So you said you, you have five. Do you have your biography in front of you so that you can relate uh, that to us? 
Well, I don't have the biography in front of me, but I can go through, you know, um, some information. The five that you have and, and what they are. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so, um, give us a background that, story on them, how you came about that. Um, okay, so the Heart of Stone uh, came up because of relationships that I've had in the past. And, and uh, I looked at how, you know, the relationship uh, was going and how the, the lady you know, did certain things in our relationship. Some of them were not good, and we, we broke up. And I, and I thought about some things that happened, and the Heart of Stone name came up. And um, that was how that CD came out. The second CD is called Paradise Island. And to, to go a little bit uh, on that CD, um, I had a painting. Uh, oh, it was actually the album cover painted of an ocean wave rolling into the shoreline with a palm tree leaning over towards the ocean in a distant island in the back. So mm. uh, to talk about that CD, three years later, I was in Paradise Island, Hawaii, and I saw the actual scene I had painted. Oh, That was, pr- mm. that was pretty interesting. I bet. Three years later that I saw the actual scene. Uh, and Paradise Island, Hawaii was Maui. It's on Maui. And uh, yeah. that was a jazz CD. But the, uh, the third CD was called Common the Strong Emotion. And um, I did also, I, I did martial arts, and I have a friend who's a martial arts instructor uh, who taught Tai Chi, and he needed some music for uh, Tai Chi classes. And so I said, you know what, I can make that kind of music. And I put oh, out Common the yeah. Strong Emotions. Um, the fourth CD was The Crossroads, and that was jazz as well. Um, and, uh, the crossroads came about, uh, because in 2004, I got really sick when I left the military. I had 18 years of military service and I got out of the military and about two months later, I got really sick and almost died. Uh, it was thought that I had cancer three separate times and I was at the crossroads. You know, I felt I was at the crossroads of life, which I was. And I said, you know, I could have lost my faith or keep it, or I could have lost my life or keep it. And I chose to keep my life and my faith. So that CD came out, and that CD was really about all of the uh, things that I'd gone through health-wise, of course, in life as well. And it was my fight of fighting back and, and having peace while I was going through all of the uh, medical problems and all the things that took place. And and here it is uh, 13 years later, and I'm still here, and I'm thankful for that for God. Uh, the fifth CD is the Gabrielle Choice CD. Uh, Gabrielle is my daughter. She just well, uh, She's 10 now. She'll be turning 11 in August. And so, uh, again, uh, you know, I had quite a few health issues, but I still kept putting out music or working on music. And so uh, when she was about two years old, I had my small keyboard at the table, and I was composing a song. So she started to jump up and down in the playpen while I was composing the song. And I said, you know, this is going to be your song. So it's called Gabrielle's Choice. So that's the feature CD, the Gabrielle's Choice CD. Oh, excellent. I noticed also your music was aired for three years. Where was it, where did that happen? Yes, um, I had a internet radio station um, on live365.com. Uh, they went off the airways. I did, just recently came back on the airways uh, in the last month or so. So all of my CDs were available on, on the station. Um, so, you know, I look at it at music and life that, 
you know, you have to choose and work at everything you can to make what it is that you're doing the best you can make it. And you have to try new things. And having a radio station, you know, was only playing my music uh, was a different idea. I mean, other folks may have thought of it as well. Um, but I'm looking to put my music out to the universe for healing purposes because we all need healing. And right. I think that a lot of my music is about healing. It may be talking about subject matter of bad relationships and various things, but it's also those messages in the music, whether I sing it or play it. Oh, great. Tay music, what is that all about? You created Tay music. music. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Tay music came about um, because of a friend in college, probably about uh, about 20 some odd years ago. Um his name was Frank Ricks, and Frank was a, uh, he was in a wheelchair. He had gotten hit by a drunk driver. Uh, he was a wonderful musician, drummer, and uh, an acrobat. But I had met him some years later after he, had, he was in a wheelchair. And I would make up songs and take them by Frank's house. Of course, back then they had tapes. So I think they still have made tapes, but people don't use them anymore. But uh, I would take these tapes by Frank House and asked him to listen to these songs that I would compose. And he says to me, he says, well, you know, who helped you do this? I said, nobody. He says, I don't believe you. He says, he says, you don't play in the band. Nobody taught you to read music. And nobody ever actually showed you any parts of how to do this. He said, we're going to name your first album, That Ain't You Willie, because I don't believe it's you. Well, Frank had had a, an infection and he died back in 2002. And in memory of Frank, I thought about what he said to me. That ain't you. T-A-Y. That ain't you or that ain't your music. So I used it. That's what taste stands for. That ain't oh, your music. Oh, okay. That's wild. So we get all inspiration from different aspects of life. And yes. That's, that's beautiful. Also, being a performer, and I'm not that much of a performer, but I do a lot of shows, you got to oh. be in good shape, okay? You have yeah. to be in good shape. <laughs> so our audience needs to know that, too, that if they think they just go out there and just perform, how many artists do we know they had to stop their show because they either got sick or they, they, they were just stressed out because they couldn't sing anymore or play anymore? Oh, so yeah. So what about your body tune-up? So. This let our audience know that you have to keep your body tuned. So how did you do yes. about that? Well, Body Tune-Up um, was a fitness show that aired back in the 80s. Um, I oh, worked with okay. a company uh, called the Non-Credit Fitness Workshop, and I taught aerobics, weightlifting, and swimming. And we, we had a contract through the Baltimore City Health Department to teach aerobic shows. So the show name was called Body Tune-Up. And I was the primary instructor on one show, which aired for about 30 minutes. And then I was the background instructor on about three other shows. So it was, it, oh, was a, okay. it was a great opportunity. Right. And you were the primary instructor on one of the shows, I, I, yes. I think. Yeah, that's excellent. Your education is also very impressive uh, with all the things that you've done. And you even had a little toenail into politics, didn't you, the Baltimore City Council? Yes. <laughs> well, at Baltimore, at Baltimore County, Council, uh, County Council, I was the aide to the now county executive for 16 years. So I went out and represented the councilmen in various meetings uh, where I would sit on stage and um, 
with the police chief, fire chief, the director of, of corrections, the school board. So, um, you, you know, life's out there. And I have to say this, life is out there. You have to go get it. You know, I don't think anybody's going to be able to take you by your hand all the time and show you various things. And you have to have want and desires to want to be better. And I always want to better myself, uh, endeavors that are good endeavors. Um, always trying to think of different ways or different things to do because when it's, when it's over, there's no more chances. I, I once, I have to go back and when I was working in the music store, an older gentleman came into the store and I was playing the piano in the store and he says, he says, you know, young man, he says, I really admire what you're doing. He said, uh, and how you play. He said that I'm older now and I don't think I'll get that opportunity. And I'm saying this to the listening audience. I said to, to, to the man, sir, it is only when you have no more opportunities of breath that you have no mm. opportunities. Wow, repeat so, that, please. Yes, you have no more opportunities when you have no more breath in your life. So it has nothing oh. to do with your age. It has nothing to do with where you come from and what you look like or your race or, you know, or what your preferences right. are. It has everything to do with what you believe because the belief is here and now. You have no more opportunities when your last breath is on this earth. Wow, that's that's profound. On that note, we're going to let that sink into our audience, and we're going to take another break. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back in 15 seconds with our guest, Mr. Willie Fields. We're back. This is Andell, your host on Wish Upon a Star. And I want to say thanks again for listening. We're broadcasting on www.bbsradio.com, Station 2. You can listen to all our previous broadcasts in the archive link on the website. We also welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. If there's any musical or artist subjects you'd like to hear, please email us at musicradio34 at gmail.com. And look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and we are now in syndication. We return to our special guest today, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Fields. And we're going to continue our conversation on Willie how do you go about releasing a CD? Well, um, it certainly has changed now um, of releasing CDs. Now they're releasing um, EPs and uh, where there are less songs. But, but what I do is um, I pick a genre of music, and once I have completed a, a, a certain amount of songs, usually about nine or more, um, I create a CD off of it. Uh, I get the music mastered. And then I released the CD with my company, Tay Music. I pretty much did everything in-house. I do the graphics. Um, I first, My first cover, which was the Heart of Stone, I paid for it. And then I started to do the covers myself. 
um, as well as all the recordings. Um, they're, all of my recordings, I play all the parts in the music except for one. This is the Gabriel Choice CD, so it's a live band playing the music. Um, so I get nine or more songs um, of the same genre and um, put that package together, and then I create the CD, and then I go out and market it and play the songs out live. Um, I'm working on another CD um, called Barkley Street, and um, I have about eight songs on it now, and it's going to be out soon. So uh, I'm constantly making music. It's, music is all around us. Um, I get inspiration from all sorts of things. I mean, just listening to the birds whistle in the air or, or cars going by or, or conversations or uh, various other things. You know, I mean, because there's so much sound going on in the world that we, we just drown out because of, of you know, living in the city or, um, and hearing, you know, various noises. We drown out a lot of things that, that uh, some of them are very important. Being in tune with, with the universe is really important. Okay, we're back with Willie Fields. And Willie, as we were talking, I was saying, give us some steps into releasing a CD. I don't know if we got all of that yet. Okay, well, like I said, first, yeah, we want to uh, create songs that pr pretty much are in the same genre. I mean, you know, putting a pop tune on a jazz c CD it may may not work, or it may work. You know, I, folks may have tried it, but creating uh, several tunes that's on the on the genre of jazz uh, that's first where, where it starts. Of course, making quality music and um, getting at least about nine songs. I say about nine because most of my CDs have at least uh, nine or more songs on the CD. And once I have completed that, I will go to another studio and do the mastering, um, where they will use the levels to bring up to bring it to radio quality. And once that happens, I can duplicate the CD. Um, I pretty much do everything in-house. Like I said, the covers, I make the covers for the CD, uh, and I actually do the printing of the CDs myself as well. So once that happens, then I start performing the music out and start marketing and selling them at shows or putting them on the Internet uh, songs to allow folks to come out to um, listen to the songs, and if they want to purchase them, it was always great. Oh, right. Okay, so I'm saying, first of all, that's a good point. If you're going to make a release a CD, try to make it in the same genre of music as opposed to trying to mix it all up. That's yes. a great point. I would have never yes. thought about that. And then you have to go to the studio. How much studio? Studio time is very expensive, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's, yes, it is. Um, you know, going back uh, about some things that I said that I put forth, and that, um, and I have to go back to baseball because it, it, a lot of things started with baseball because it was what I wanted to do professionally, and and so uh, unfortunately I didn't make it in baseball because of racism. Um, and um, I said, yeah, you know, I prayed. I said, God, the next thing I find, show me how to do every part so I will never be denied. And when I got to music, now I play all the parts. So you know, the guitars, the uh, the pianos, the drums the bass, um, the strings, I do it all by keyboard, and I make the whole songs by keyboard, and I'm actually being all the players, just like I said in baseball. Now I'm all the players on the field, so I cannot be denied. Ah, I see. 
that's another thing, making sure that everything is well-rounded. So if somebody said, well, can you do this? Um, I know that's what happened to the stars on the shows, either TV or in the movies. They have to know how to do it all. They have to know how to dance, sing, yes. sometimes play an instrument, and act. Yes. And yes. It, was, it was a long time before I realized that's why these people were that talented, because they knew how to do everything. Yes. And I yes. thought that was fantastic. You know, you do to be good and to be, you know, successful. Because that's what yes. we're talking about. Your yes. craft, your passion, and what it needs to be to be successful. Because sales of your efforts are the meat and potatoes of prosperity. How many yes, CDs do you currently have available for sale? I have five CDs currently. And, and you know, we talked about the names. And, uh, and I also wanted to mention, uh, when I did not get the opportunity to play in, an instrument in junior high, I joined the choir. And I was on the all-city okay. choir uh, school. Uh, high, it wasn't high school, but uh, middle school, they call it now. But it was junior high school choir. So I learned to sing very early. And uh, several years ago, I was on the college choir. And I took uh, uh, classical voice lessons. So... You know, uh, it just keeps expounding. You know, one thing leads to another thing, and another thing leads to another thing, and you just end up in different places. You know, I started off playing piano and just migrated to all these other places, and it made me mm. a very well-rounded artist and a person. Oh, that's great. We were supposed to be playing some of your music during the show, but apparently when I sent it... Um it didn't really go through right, but that's okay because we're going to put it on the uh, archive so that when people okay. listen to it in the archive, they're going to be able to hear the music. But again, you have the five CDs, and we're going to wrap all that up when we get ready to leave. But right now, we're going to go back to how in the military you also became a captain. Yes. Yes. Um, you, you know, I... I don't know. I, as I, I look at to be my experience, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the 107th well, Maintenance Company, you say? Yes, the hundred. Uh, yeah, 1007th Maintenance Company. That was my last job in the military as a captain. I was a company commander. Um, we're um, I led up to 250 soldiers. In fact, I took them to Germany. Um, my one of my last missions. Um, it was just kind of interesting that uh, in high school, I didn't think that the military was where I was going to go. I was recruited to go to the Navy, and I pretty much decided I didn't want to go to the Navy because I really didn't want to go in the military. So a few years later in college, I decided to join ROTC. And right. uh, that was because cause of my, 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 my friend, his name was Clayton Bryan, and he was an ROTC. And um, he had said to me one day, he said, you know, Willie, he says, uh, what do you think about ROTC? I said, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm going to play professional baseball. And he said, the one, he asked the one question <laughs> that I never thought about. What if you don't play professional baseball? And it made, it really made me think that, you know, what if I don't play professional baseball? So I joined, I, I joined ROTC and I graduated actually at Morgan State University because I had like been to several different colleges and universities. So, um, for ROTC, I graduated at Morgan State University back in 1988 and became a second lieutenant in the United States Army Reserve. And from there, I went on and spent about 18 years in the military, um, 
and finished off my career as a captain. And uh, it was a wonderful experience uh, being able to lead uh, men and women um, through missions in, in various places throughout the United States and, of course, out of the country. Um, so I got to meet um, some friends and uh, new friends and um, make some headway in a whole different other career path. Great. Like, like I said before, those experiences actually help to probably, I would say, solidify, increase your music ability because now you've got so many outlets of titles that you can really play on. Yes. Activities and awards. I know you've got so, so many. I can read some of them, but if you can just expound on them yourself, that would be even better. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you know, going back to sports, of course, like I said, I talked about uh, I went to the Hall of Fame in college. I'm now a Hall of Fame college baseball player. Um, you know, military, I've had several awards, fitness awards, because I was a, a very much into fitness. Um, you know, uh, shooting expert and a nine millimeter uh, weapon. Um, various uh, maintenance awards that we had uh, for the maintenance company. Um, just a whole host of different different environments and, and different awards. You know, whether it's, it was in college or whether it was in the military or you know working in politics. Um, there were just a number of, of things I got a chance to achieve. I just look at the award as 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 a um, tool that helps me remember some of the things that I did. Uh, again, like I said, the world's out here for us to grasp. And, you know, we just can't look at our situation and, and say that it's hopeless. It's only hopeless when you think that way, you know. You yeah. have to believe in yourself. Okay. I can add a little something. You had a State of Maryland Police Uniform Crime Reporting Seminar to give you some background into the criminal element. <laughs> yes, music-wise, oh, yeah. music-wise, you got the Mars, which is a music story placed second in a piano competition. Yes, and won a big prize. What yes. did you play at your competition? Can you and you can you uh, tell us how you really get into that? I've yes, been into uh, a lot of music <laughs> competitions. Certainly, I um, wonder which, I where do you put your mind for that. Well, you know, uh, that was, uh, of course, some years ago. Um, I entered the first competition I'd ever uh, gotten involved in and took second place, and I won um, a synthesizer and a drum machine worth about $800, and I, the song I played was Paradise Island, which is the okay. second CD I put out. Um, and the song went over very well. Uh, again, you know, I composed it based on my thoughts of what my music would be, and the folks enjoyed it, so I took second place in the competition. Oh, that's great. I have a copy of the actual tracks on your Breezewood album, mm -hmm. CD. Yes. And I can tell the audience, I've listened to it, it's very inspirational, and it's very storytelling. I love Heart of Stone, the one that you mentioned. I listened to the words, because I like songs with great words. And it tells yes. a story. That told the story that you emulated just a few moments ago about how that happened. But it was done in a soft and a non-condemning thing. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. It's not like some of the songs that are out today. 
you broke my heart, God darn it, you know. Yes. I don't want to see you no more. I don't, ugh, get away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we always want to have a reprieve, yeah. you know, yes. through through these things, because especially being an artist and of any type or an activist, your words travel very far and deep. So you exactly. always want to bring forward things that are going to be positive, even if it's a negative situation. You try to find something positive out of it so that people can have hope, because that's what we're missing. We're missing hope. We're missing hope. We're missing love. And when you put those things forward, you just never know how someone is going to be affected by something you may have said. Absolutely. I Your number one track is Chicken Soup. I read a book, or I have a book, and I read it a lot. Chicken Soup, the, the a literary version of it, was stories of women who have had uh, different occurrences in their life. And the, all the stories were like chicken soup. You know, we had chicken soup, yes. you have noodles and vegetables. So your chicken soup is relative to what? It's relative to the flu. <laughs> so, oh, so, yours was, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so when, you know, uh, you go to the doctors, it, the doctors tell you, get some soup and get some rest, you'll be back on your feet again. <laughs> so chicken soup and rest, my friend, a couple days you'll be back on your feet again. So it, it was about the flu. Okay, that's uplifting. Uh, you yes. can make it last with an instrumental. Uh, and like I mm-hmm. might say, even all the other artists out there, if you are a creative artist, or if you're doing poetry or writing or playing music or painting, all of this music is a background soothing, because I know we all listen to background soothing music when we're working. I, yes. I like opera. I like opera and, and, and instrumental. You have Egyptian musk. Analyze it. Tell us about it. I, I didn't well, do that, but tell our yes. audience about it. Analyze it. Of course, I, I write a lot from inspiration. And analyze it was, was about how people tell you that you don't have what it takes. Just like, you know, we talked earlier about, um, well, you're not tall enough or you you don't weigh exactly. enough or your color's not correct. So analyze it is it, about how folks are saying to it, things to us that we need to analyze and don't just take what they're saved for for the gospel, you know, especially if it's something that we want to do for ourselves and that it's not hurting anyone. Now, they're leading us down the path to say, well, you know, you're gonna you're doing some bad things or wrong things. It's different. But analyze it speaks about that. It says, you know, doesn't matter what people say. You have to do things in your own way because sometimes they don't know what they say may hurt you. So analyze. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to sing, you open your, your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I like all of them that are on here, and I might mention to my our audience that the time lapse of the tracks are very comfortable. They're not short, like one minute and 45 seconds. They yes. are extensive enough to really enjoy it. So the other one, yes. I, uh, well, I like all of them, but the next one was Make It Thank Last you. Forever. Yes. Um, here's, here's another inspirational song and, and, and a story about that song. Uh, I actually sold a CD um, to a guy I got to know, uh, and it's wonderful because oftentimes as I market music, folks become my friends. I've, I've gotten diff- you know all, a whole help of different friends, um, and this song, Make It Last Forever, uh, he came back to me. I Actually, I spoke with him after he pur- purchased the CD, and I usually do my confirmation call. I just call folks up and say, hey, 
did everything work right? And, you know, how did you like it? So this song, right. he says, mm-hmm. I, I listened to it two times a day because it was such oh. an inspirational song. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. So I try to use a lot of inspirational things that folks are going to uh, make them feel better about themselves, about what's going on in our life. You know, um, we have to speak health into our life. We have to speak, you know, prosperity. We have to speak friendships. We have to speak those things into our life despite of what's going on around us. Again, I'll mention to my audience that your titles make you want to listen to it. The next one is Cool Lovers in Sorrow. Yes. Yes. That was definitely. And Go ahead. That that one um, was, was about, you know, oftentimes um, composers write songs about the beginning and the ending of their relationships. This is about the middle of the relationship. So ah. lovers in sorrow. So they're in the middle of their relationship, you know, and it could go on the positive or on the negative. And so I talked about that and, and trying to capture uh, other places where things happen because, you know, a relationship goes through several steps. You have an introduction just like you have a book. You have an introduction, you have a body, and then you have, you know, the main characters and, um, you know, what is it, what, what do you want to get out of the book or the relationship? And, and both parties have to want the same things. So, uh, I, like I said, I try various uh, other ways to bring forth, uh, whether inspirational or stories, and all of them are, are stories. Right. I want to eventually get my book uh, published. I, bought a, I wrote an art book, and I wrote another book called Bubbles, and it has to do with the chapters of life when you start out and, and you know, how you go through life through your different periods, you know, cycle of life, yes. danger zone. Uh-oh, that's got to be heavy. <laughs> yeah, danger zone. Danger Zone was uh, about race car driving. Well, it's also, it started off with a father and a son. And we talked about influences. My grandmother influenced me in music. So the the father took the son to a uh, Speedway um, show. And, of course, the son, loving the father and and liking what he liked, he wanted to become a race car driver. And... um, he, the kid was in the danger zone because, you know, the speed puts you in the danger zone. So the story, it goes on, he's, he's, he's five years old and he sees this, this race show and he wants to, um, to be, emulate being a race car driver. So he starts working on cars and um, he gets his own call at, uh, at 16. He says, at 16, he's running a Chevy at night, mag wheels shining through the light. A body of steel in a frame of gold. The engine revs and it shakes your soul. Oh. So it talks about, you know, the car that he had. And then eventually he gets into the pro circuit. And now he's 20. He's racing every day. A little young, but that's okay. Top speed is 205. He slows the curves to stay alive. The flag is raised and he has won. Another win and it's all for fun because he's in the danger zone. Mm. So go to that story of a kid. (laughs) 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 Woo! Never let you go. Yeah, that's um, about um, you in a relationship and hoping that the person that you're with will understand the love that you have for them. And you know, you're using the word "if." If I if I told you I was leaving this time. 
Would you love me today and change your mind? So it's talking about how things need to change. And if you, you said these things or showed these actions, would the person change? I'd never let you go. If you, cha- if you showed me the right things, I would never let you go. Exactly. That's like I said, similar to the human voice. Your music can stir emotions of love, joy, sorrow, memories, and the feeling to sing and dance. Your last one was in your eyes, which is an instrumental. But right yes. now, Willie, I want you to tell our audience your CDs, where they can purchase your CDs, where they can get you if they want you to perform. And the, the floor is yours. C- certainly. So my website is tay-music, M-U-S-I-C.com. I am still building the website. I just recently got the website, so I'm building that. But you can also reach me at my email at wfields, that's F-I-E-L-D-S, 2810 at com. So if you want to purchase CDs or you want a performances, you can send emails to that address. And um, once the website is completed, which will be completed within the next month, um, you'll have videos that you can you can actually go out and see my performances with various other bands because uh, I do work with other bands at some time, but I do spend a lot of time composing my music. Okay, can you repeat that information again before we Certainly. sign off? The website is tay-music.com. And again, I'm rebuilding the website. Uh, but you can also ca- contact me on my email, wfields at, I'm sorry, wfields2810 at gmail.com. So it's wfields2810 at gmail.com. Excellent. Willie, like I said, your interview will be in our archives no later than Monday. It's not sooner where people can listen to the program. If they came in on the in-between, they can go back into the archives and listen to the entire broadcast. We're going to sign off now. What's going to happen is I'm going to come back and say thank you for listening to the show. Willie, my deepest, sincerest thanks for your support. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, you can sign off now, and then I'll come back in about 10 seconds to sign off the station. Thanks, Willie. Welcome back. This is Andale Banks, your host of Wish Upon a Star, and we're broadcasting on www.bbsradio.com, Station 2. You can listen to our previous broadcasts and the archive link on our website. We welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and we are now in syndication. Again, this is Andel, your host, and Denise Banks, your coordinator, saying, 
keep reaching for the stars.